Hello. Hello. Welcome to MFEO. Or like, then you could be like, made for each other. Like, you could just say it like a very white voice, though. Made for each other. Okay, let's try it again. Oh. <laughs> That's just weird. Oh, well, it's kind of, yeah. No, that is totally very white. It's totally, you said very white. Okay, so. so. Hi. Hey. It's MFEO. Made for each other. Why are you moving your head like that? I don't know. They can't see me moving my head. I know, but we're supposed to be start. We're supposed to start videoing it, which means people will see you make those weird faces. At which point, I'll just be that much more awkward and not making faces (laughs) because I'll be looking at myself in the camera. No. Oh my gosh, this is so weird. You can't look at yourself in the camera. Like you have to have it so you can't see yourself. So I'll wear sunglasses. I know. I mean, I feel like he is like a genius for doing I might have to. Yeah. Anywho, so So. this week we're talking about our (laughs) first year of marriage. And it was year one, which people always warn engaged couples and newlyweds. Oh, year one, that's the hard one. Right. Which our, Our hardest year was year two, wasn't it? Year one was difficult, of course. I think that year one was more difficult than we realized that it was. Yeah, because looking back, it doesn't seem like it was that difficult. But I remember finishing year one and being super cocky about it and saying, wow, that's the worst year that we're going to have in our married life. We're going to have it great. Do you remember me saying that? So it's your fault then. Yeah, you're welcome. Gosh. It's like saying at work, oh, it's such a slow day today. Oh my gosh. You slap people. Things couldn't get worse. Slap people. Boring. <laughs> I couldn't get any wetter. <laughs> From Christmas with the Greeks. Okay, so when I think of moving into our new apartment, though, I think of meeting our RAs. Oh, uh, yes. Which, you know, it's a funny story. Obviously, newlywed story. Yes. Are you tracking with me or are you not? I'm, I'm tracking. I'm trying to track with you. Okay, so I decided... Because when we, we, we met them, like, and then weeks later, I think is the story that you're thinking of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it was still so, within, like, the first little bit I'm still of trying to, there. I'm trying to track. So, like, we'd moved in. We'd unpacked a few boxes. You know, we were getting settled. And I decided that I'm going to be, like, Miss Susie that over to our, they didn't call them RAs, because they were family RAs, what did they, they call them? They were family RAs. But they had a special name for them. Anyway, we decided we're going to go over and chat with them, get to know them, take, we're going to take them this little food because we're so cool. And we're sitting there, we're talking with them. At one point in the conversation. They kind of looked at each other. Like, wait, wait what, what's your room? Which one are you? Which apartment? And they both like start chuckling. They start chuckling. And we're like, oh gosh. What like, no. Oh, no. Like, what? And of course I'm mortified because I'm supposed to be like the perfect like wife. But we're on the second I'm... floor. Yeah. <clears throat> and Well, you go ahead. You you tell better than I do. I just like to Oh no, you're jump cool. In. You're cool. So then uh, they go Oh, we know we know the people below you. And 
while they were together at some point in conversation, we're like, wow, the people that just moved in above us, like, they are <laughs> really enjoying being newly married. <laughs> <laughs> I so, was yeah. mortified. That uh, definitely threw a wrench in the works of uh, the lovemaking for Pretty a little much. bit. Because, oh, quiet, quiet, wait. Quiet, Anytime. wait, wait, stop quiet. We gotta be quiet. Anytime. Every time. Every time the bed squeaked. Oh my gosh, stop, wait. Anytime one of us made a noise. Now, mind you. Oh my gosh. This, this, is, this is only... Her concern. <laughs> Nate was like, you were totally like, I don't care. I'm like, they already let heard them hear. us. Let them hear. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, no. We're I'm, married. I'm a lady. Yeah. <laughs> In my bed. Come oh, on. ridiculous. Married. So ridiculous. Okay, so that was like our first like, um... Yeah, I don't know. That was like the beginning. That was a newlywedism. It was. It was like that was a specific married experience that we had. Um, so yeah, other things that in our first year though, like I mean, obviously there was a lot of that that went on, <laughs> um, but there was a lot of arguments as well. And I oh, feel yeah. like we were just like a pendulum, like we were just like, it's really awesome. Oh my gosh, that sucks so bad. Oh, this is really awesome. It's like we didn't really yeah. have the middle kinda like ground. Kind of like entangled. Yes, it when was she, totally when, like that. When Rapunzel leaves her tower, and it was the best day ever, and then she was the worst daughter in the world, and she just goes back and forth and back and forth for like two minutes. I feel like it's a perfect depiction of the first year of marriage. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's for a lot us like at that. least. Yeah. It's a lot like that. And um, I remember we would, I mean, at least I would always be like, you know, we're just really passionate people. Like, we laugh loud, we argue loud. Like, that's just what we do. We do other things loud, apparently. <laughs> So ridiculous. She's um, blushing. <laughs> we be done now. Wow. <laughs> you read the blog this week about first year marriage. What What were your thoughts? Um. Well, um, I really appreciated the list that you put in there of kind of the good and the bad. Did you feel like they were accurate? I did. I did. And um, given the fact that your memory is so much better than mine. It was really nice to have kind of some bullet points to help me remember um, specifically that time frame. But, you know, like you said, it was very much uh, a pendulum, you know, of, you know, back and forth and back and forth trying to find balance, you know. It's that whole tug of war of, you know, too far this way, wait, let's compensate, and you overcompensate and go too much the other way, and trying to find that sweet spot in the middle. And, uh, you know, it is. You know, it was, and I mean, it still is difficult, but especially in that first year, you know, when you're starting off with nothing to go on. Yeah. I think, like, the first year, you're just trying to figure out, like, what being married is all about, how to do it right. It's kind of like, you spend dating to get to know each other, you spend engagement planning a wedding, <laughs> and then you spend your first year of marriage getting to know who each other really are. For us, because, like, we didn't live together before we got married. Yeah, because we, was... we didn't live together at all. And so that was, you know, that's a whole new experience. And we didn't we didn't have sex before we were married. Right. Like, we, you know, towed that line pretty well, but did not. We did. No comment. Um, but, you know, like, we tried to, yeah, 
So I mean, there was just a lot of things to learn. There was learning on how to have sex correctly, you know, and not correctly, but like in a way that we both enjoyed. Like yeah, we were learning our style that. and things of that nature. And we were and learning how to communicate, and we were learning how each how other did fight. finances, and how like how to argue. I think yeah, was huge. Totally, absolutely yeah. huge. I feel like that's just the, because we grew up in this, in different homes where communication styles varied so much. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, I've, I seen my parents bicker all the time, but I've never like, like seen them fight. Right. You know what I mean? Like they've never like had a fight in front of me. Right. I don't and know that they've ever actually had a fight ever. I'm sure they have. I think your mom at one point said she never, like they had never fought. They have disagreed. Yeah. And well, I don't, I don't know. Different. I don't know if the terminology is there for that yeah but they never fought in front of us they never yelled or anything like that so your parents did they do those things yes they definitely did i grew up i mean yeah i mean i was of you know front and center of what was going on between them i mean i'm sure there were things that i didn't know were going on but when they were upset with each other it was very clear they were a lot like well, I thought that we were in that first year, you know, like they loved each other really well in front of us, but they also fought in front of us. So it was like, we kind of saw all of it. I didn't think right. it was unnormal, you know? And it was like when they did fight, it wasn't, it, you know, it was never violent or anything like that. Um, and I never, I think there was only one time was, ever in my childhood that I ever thought they would get divorced. It was like passionate disagreements. Yeah. They were just very loud. And so I think that that's what, you know, for us, I mean, I remember just going, okay, like I disagree. I don't even remember what we would fight about, but it would be like, I would start getting loud because you wouldn't be understanding me. And so I would obviously just subconsciously think, well, if I get louder, maybe he'll understand. No, it's just, I need different words. And then I would just shut down because you were yelling. Yeah. And that made me feel like you didn't care. You were yelling. So I'm just gonna. Even, I'm, I'm gonna stop this because you need to calm down. So you don't even care to engage me. Which and I'm was like, no, you're being irrational. I need to calm down. And that was a huge thing. That was a a really big obstacle to figure out. And we have figured it out. But we're not talking about that yet because we're still in year one. Oh, but we're but we're in year twelve. Stop skipping it. We're actually in year thirteen. No. Um, so anyway. Trying to figure that mess out was really hard. Just the way to the way to fight um, successfully, you know, mm-hmm. productive, passionate disagreements. You know, something that I didn't talk about though in the blog, and we can't edit this out if you want, but I wanted. Um, I was thinking about like in the Christian community because we both grew up in church, whatnot. Yep. Um. All I ever heard about sex was, like, to be abstinent. Yeah, wait. Wait, wait. Sex can wait. Just stop. Just Sex stop. can wait. Just stop. Sex Don't do wait. it. Don't do it. Um, some funny comedian came to our church once and was like, I, I remember him saying, uh, people get pregnant and then they go, I don't know how that happened. What, did you guys just fall on each other naked? Like, it was like a joke, you know? And it was like, that was the vibe. That was the, you know, that was the atmosphere that I was used to. And it was because you just don't talk about it. 
Right. You just say you wait until marriage, and then that's just that's we just, just it. We just stopped talking about it. And it was like, <clears throat> people were afraid to talk about it, I think, because if they talked about it, then it would seem like they were condoning something they didn't agree with. Or some people, I've heard say, something along the lines of what's in, in the... the in the scriptures in the Song of Solomon about not awakening love, not awakening right. desire before it's time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, so, you know, if we educate our kids about sex, then they're going to go out and have sex because we talked about it. Right. So, to not get into that debate right now, but to kind of just, um, I'd like to share, like, personally how that affected us in our marriage. Are you, like... I'm in. Cool. Okay. You were addicted to porn before yes. we got married. You, through that addiction, like, through having that addiction, which is a very common thing. So there's, like, there's not shame there. I need to be clear real quick. Okay. About what your, the can of worms you're about to open here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Because there are debates and there's theological debates and there's psychological debates and there's biological debates and there's all the debates, okay? Mm -hmm. Lots Um, of debates, got it. There, there is, there is such a thing as being addicted to pornography. And that's not just looking at pornography or watching videos or looking at pictures or leafing through a magazine. That there is it's it's so much bigger and more intense than that that it's actually an addiction because it actually affects the chemicals in your brain. Because when you indulge in those activities, your brain creates the same chemicals as um, when you're in love and when you are um, in the act of lovemaking and things of that nature, those chemicals are activated um, during those times. And so your brain begins to develop chemical dependency on those types of things. And so you get addicted to those chemicals. Um, And so it is very possible to be addicted to pornography so I just wanted to be very clear it wasn't just that I had been exposed to pornography in my life yeah well and I think that it's important to talk about that just because of what like future things that we'll talk about in probably our next podcast during Mm -hmm. the year two how it affected our first year of marriage was that you had a lot of expectations sexually based on the pornography that you watched but as you were talking, I just thought, oh, that's like something that was really important about our first year is, I mean, having sex. Like, we had waited to have sex. And so having sex was a huge part of our first year, not just because, like, we're newlyweds, but because we had waited. And so, like, that it was just like a whole new thing. But, like, I personally had not waited to have sex, which I touched on in my blog post last, um, last week about our wedding day mm-hmm. it was it was difficult you know um i think that like having sex before your marriage just really affects you more than i don't know I, it affected me more than i thought that i would ever it shows up it does i felt awful i remember i just remember the, crying the yeah. morning after our wedding the the prior sex shows up yeah you know and the pornography shows up and so like we brought both those things into our first year of marriage we sure did and so it was like I was only familiar with having sex one way. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but it's like everybody has their different way of going about things. And I don't mean to be weird. I really don't mean to be weird or to be crude. 
I'm just saying, like, having sex with someone is, a, is like, so personal. And when you have never had sex before, and someone has had a lot of sex before, <laughs> you're not learning together. You're being taught yeah. at that point. And so I was taught to do it a certain way. Or do certain things. And you had certain expectations from your sexual experience. Not with, you know, with pornography. Right. And so the two together sometimes clashed. Sometimes it was great. I mean, it's not like it was awful. But it was very emotional. It added an emotional level to everything. True. And we're already passionate people. So those emotional things, you know, come out in force. So, to the people who might say, like, why are you talking about that that's super personal? I would say that I remember having a conversation with one of uh, my bridesmaids after we were married. She was, I think she was dating the person that she ended up marrying. I don't remember what the, like, how we got onto the conversation, but somehow I said something to her about condoms, right? I just remember her saying to me, Thank you so much for talking to me like an adult about this. So many people in the Christian community will not talk to me about these things because I'm not married. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous and I think it's dropping the ball and I think it's irresponsible as Christians to not be talking to our young people about how to be safe sexually and what their options are. And, you know, I, everybody's going to make their own choice about whether or not to have sex before or after they're married. And I just don't feel like, you know, anybody can make that choice for, for someone. Like, everybody gets to make that choice for themselves. And so instead of trying to say, just don't do it, like, okay, but be realistic. There are, people, there are people that are going to do it, okay? Lots of people are going to do it. And... Yes, encourage them not to. You know, like, I know that I'm going to talk to my kids. I'm going to tell them about all the times that I cried because I had I missed somebody that I had, like, been so connected with in a way that I really only wanted to be connected with one person. You know? Yeah. I, I, I wanted to only be connected to one person my whole life that way. I can't say that now. Yes, it does work out. It can work out for sure. It doesn't end your life. That's something super important because Christians make it seem like you have sex with somebody who's not your spouse. You're going to just be a horrible, miserable person for the rest of your life. That's not true. Right. But it is difficult. You know, I think there's something there if you've had sex for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're having sex with somebody because you love them. And then they end up leaving you. I just think that's painful. I think it's a lot more painful than you realize in the moment when all of your hormones are raging. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't enter your mind that they could not love you for the rest of your life. They said that they would. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, like, that caused a lot of issues. And so, like, I did mention in the blog post about how I cried a lot um, about missing him. That was a that was I mean, that was really difficult for us. I feel that was hard for me because I was constantly missing him and then feeling really horrible for missing him. I really felt yeah. really 
um, I was very hard on myself about that. Yeah, but also the way that you presented it in your blog post was that it seemed to come just so easily for me to deal with that situation. Uh, just because <clears throat> you weren't talking about it from my perspective. You were just talking about it from how it came across to you. And it was not easy on on my end. It was not easy to approach that situation and to approach it with um, grace and loving kindness. You know, that's... I mean, it, it took work. I mean, it was active choice and, um, you know... I mean, sacrificial love to a degree because, I mean, there were times when it hurt. It hurt that we were in the throes of passion and you stopped and started crying because you were thinking about somebody else. I mean, that that hurt. You know? And I had to put that hurt to the side and care for you more than I cared for myself in those moments. Because that's what was more important. It wasn't... It was not easy and it was not simple. But it was very much worth it to be coming at it from the angle that I was. To be fair, I feel like it was like more of like a flashback thing for me. Yeah. Which was difficult. Mm-hmm. I actually had forgotten about that until you just said that. It sucks. It sucks that yeah. that happened. Like I just didn't even remember that. Yeah, it was not uh, not the most fun. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but um, I didn't mean to make it sound like it was easy for no, you. No, and like I said, that's not I what I meant. Right, and okay. and you weren't you weren't talking about about me and my journey in in what you were talking about, you know. And so I, you know, you weren't going into into depth or detail, you know, like that. But I don't know that you've ever shared with me in depth or detail on how that season was for you. Yeah, probably not. I don't think it's ever really come up or it's not come up recently where I've actually been able to express myself. If you want me to do that now, I can try. <laughs> I think more like I just wanted you to know like how much it meant to me. Like and I, I, I really appreciated your thoughts and words there because um, reading that and hearing that inside was... Um, was very healing, honestly. <clears throat> it was very healing on some hurts that I didn't even know were still there. Like, 11-year-old hurts, 12-year-old hurts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, things that hurt back then that I didn't necessarily ever take care of, but, like, haven't been, like, affecting me at all since. Right. Because they are so old, and, like, they've it's kind like, of, oh, like... oh, that's still there? I yeah. I didn't even realize that was still there. Yeah. But cool. So now that, like, that in itself speaks to something, because do you know how many years I've bragged on you about that? Like, years. When I get together with friends or I'm getting to know people and, like, we talk about, like, I don't know, sometimes we get into a really deep conversation real quick because I'm a deep person. Like, I'm really goofy, but, you know, I can have just real deep discussion I, whenever that kind of topic comes up, like, I brag on you in the sense that, like, you love me in a way that I don't understand how you had the capacity to love me. Yeah. 
I, I just see so many other couples and like not to be judgmental to them, but just like the insecurities in the, in those people, you know, did you just look at that person or, um, why is that person messaging you or, you know, and they're untrustworthy. Maybe, maybe they have reasons, you know, to yeah. have that doubt. I'm not like trying to, to make waves anywhere, but the fact that like we were just honest with each other about everything. Like, I think that a lot of people wouldn't be honest from, like, where I was coming from. Like, they wouldn't tell their brand new husband, hey, I'm thinking about my ex. Yeah, they might have just tried to shove it down deep and ignore it and maybe even just, you know, fake it out of the shame of the, of the feelings. Yeah, and I don't think that it would have anything to do with their spouse. I think it would just be like, they would just feel so bad and yeah. they would almost feel like it'd be selfish to say something. Yeah. Where I've, I've never been that person. I've always felt the opposite. Like, I can understand how people think that it's selfish to share their feelings with other people. Like, obviously. Like, I can understand how it would seem selfish to be in the middle of having sex and just all of a sudden stop and be like, I just can't do this right now because Listen, we gotta talk. we gotta talk about this. You know, obviously mm-hmm. that seems selfish, but personally, I've just always felt like it's more important for you to know me and not just know certain parts of me or just the good parts. And like, yes, I want you to be happy for sure. want you to be happy. But like if we had been in the middle of sex and you had stopped and had to talk to me about something... Like, I would have respected that just as much because, like, I want us to know each other. I want to know what's going on in our heads. I want to know what's hurting each other. And there was a part of that, too, that was like, if I continue and just act like this isn't happening in my head or in my feelings, I'm going to feel something negative about what we're sharing. Yeah, almost like it's being tainted. Yeah, and so I think there was, like, a protectiveness there. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, like, no, no, no. Like, what you and I have, like, that's that's love. Like, like you love me, and that seems so strange to me from what, like, compared to what I have experienced. Yeah. And, like, I want that more than anything, but I don't know how to receive it. And I remember telling you that. I remember saying to you, I love you, and I know that you love me. I don't know how to receive your love. Yeah, I think I remember you saying that. And, like, you're like, I don't don't know how to respond. I don't know. Yeah, you know, (laughs) but it was just, it was hard. It was was just really difficult to navigate. And, like, I'm a pretty verbal person, so other people who aren't verbal, like, I can't imagine the pain... That they go through when navigating those types of things. Yeah. And you're super honest too. It was one of the first things I said was <laughs> that you're just super honest. And, you know, so I mean that factors into the whole scenario as well. This is definitely very much the person who said uh, my parents would describe as the person who walked in and into a room and lifted up the rug and said, what's under here? Let's talk about all of it. Yes. Everybody else sweeping things under the rug. I 
look underneath there and see what's under there. Yep. I think that I still do that to a certain extent just because I think that that's where the good stuff is. <laughs> well, I, I just think that <clears throat> it's more like <clears throat> if it's under the rug, you can't talk about it. And if you can't talk about it, then you're going to talk about other things instead. And in not, in purposefully not talking about what's under the rug, you end up um, either lying or lying by omission or, you know, kind of going round about that and, you know, uh, avoiding and evading and, you know, that's just not you. You're just like, I just don't want to have anything I have to not say. Yeah. I don't want to have anything that I'm like not supposed to talk about or something like that. It's annoying to me. Yeah. It's annoying to me because, not because I don't like keeping a secret. That's not what it's about. It's about like, why can't we just all know what's going on? Why does there ha- why do I have to be in the middle of this? Why we gotta have secrets, guys? We all love each other. <clears throat> we all care about each other. Maybe we don't all respond the best way or like we want the other person to respond, but we all care. So let's just not have anything that can't be said. I just think it's frustrating. I think that it's undue stress. Like, it's unneeded stress. Yeah. Honestly. Oftentimes, the misunderstandings that we have between each other are the things that are under the rug. Like, the things under the rug explain it. Why do you have that problem? Why are you being so offended by that? Oh, no, I'm just completely confused. Well, what's yeah. under the rug? Oh, that oh. that's why you're offended by <clears throat> this that. This is what we're avoiding. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And so, like, I think the things that are often swept aside almost make the picture complete. Are the cause of the issues. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, first year of marriage. So, first year of marriage, guys. It was great. Um, some good things I talked about were the Rocky Marathon. That was a really sweet day for me. That was I awesome. I loved People in Texas, like, every time it rains, they always say, oh, we need the rain. Because they do. Every time it rains, they need it. They sure do. <laughs> <laughs> the candles all the time. Do you remember that? Coming, nice coming home, home to, to a candles lot of candles. A lot. Yeah. That was a good time. Oh, burnt tater tots. That was year one. It was. It's time to talk about the burnt tater tots. All right. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. It was and back when we didn't realize that I'm not good at keeping track of time whatsoever. She's, she has no sense of time. No. Yeah. And she doesn't like to set timers while she's cooking things either. So, <laughs> it's a double threat. It's like, watch out. <laughs> I set a timer in my head. Oh, okay, 17 minutes. Great. And then I just leave the and kitchen. And then it just goes away. <laughs> it just evaporates. And then I'm like, wait, where, where did I set that timer? Nowhere. Oh, nowhere. Oh, that's right, I didn't set a timer. Because I was completely capable of counting down 17 minutes in my head while also making sweet love to my husband. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, she pulled these tater tots out of the oven and they were black. I mean, they were little chunks of charcoal. And I'm not exaggerating when I say they were black. It wasn't just that they were burnt. Like, they, they, were, they were black. They'd probably been baking for an hour I mean, it was, they you were... You being they were, so dramatic. They, <laughs> <laughs> we did have several burnt dinners, though. No, 
we, we did had, we had a not. few occasions where where dinner burnt. We blew up the ca- I blew up the casserole. You blew up dish. the casserole. I did not dish. burn things. Oh my though. gosh! I got home so fast that night. That was hilarious. I did write about that in the blog and then took it out. Oh yeah. I figured we'd talk about it. Well, yeah, because you had a casserole dish, a glass casserole dish. I put it on. And you put it on the stove and turned the stove on, like the stove top. Of the wrong I put, the burner. I put, I put the wrong burner. You put the on. wrong burner on, and, and then so it like exploded. We were talking on the phone, like we did every night on your way home from work. Yeah, and I I, I worked what 15, 20 minutes away. It's downtown Dallas. To yeah, Cliff. it wasn't that long. It wasn't that. Ten, yeah, but I mean, I I was doing like ninety five on the freeway home. We were on the phone on his way home. I said, "Yeah, I got dinner going," and then all of a sudden, this casserole dish blew up it, it exploded and i stepped on like the smallest piece but it got my toe in just the right place that there was just like blood i mean there was a lot of blood there wasn't that much blood it felt like a lot of blood it felt like a lot of, there was not that much blood because you said your foot was gushing blood you're like the casserole dish exploded and I stepped on the glass, and my foot is gushing blood. Okay, we've been married less than a year. We're honeymooning. I'm on my way home from work to my new wife, who is now gushing blood on the floor of the kitchen, hemorrhaging. I mean, you can imagine what's going through my head at this moment. I was just like, I have to be home 10 minutes ago. She's gonna be dead. She's gonna be dead when I get there. She's bleeding so much. So, needless to say, I learned never to say gushing blood again. Yeah, because that's, that was a lot. I'm alive! <laughs> She's okay. I made it! She doesn't even have a scar. <laughs> because it was a tiny piece of glass. and there was, But in a very... And there was some blood on the floor. There was blood! There was blood. I think it probably took less than one whole paper towel to clean it up. <laughs> is how much blood there was. You're so mean. I'm not being mean. I'm being honest here. I don't even remember. I, I'm pretty I sure just, it took one paper towel to clean it up. I remember it, it scared me. It hurt. It was And scary. then there was blood. Yeah. She saw red and said she was gushing blood. I, cu- I remember I couldn't walk. Yeah, and it wouldn't stop Because bleeding. the blood kept coming, and then I was like, okay, well, I can't go on the carpet. Right. So I was, like, trapped in the kitchen because I didn't want to get... With all this glass in your foot. There No, but there was glass everywhere. There, there was glass. Because the casserole dish exploded. That thing was gone. It was toast. No, it was exploded. It toast exploded. goes in a toaster. Wow. So that's what we're doing, huh? Okay, so we just checked the timer on the podcast and went, oh, snap. No, that's okay, because if we edit it, they said right between 30 to 45 minutes is the sweet spot. Okay, so are we actually going to edit it, or are we not going to edit it? Because I'm probably not going to edit it. I don't have the time right now. It depends on if we want it posted first thing in the morning. Okay, well, I'm leaving the house at 7 in the morning. No, I will edit it. Oh. You're you're editing, editing video. We haven't, we, we haven't. And we have no video to edit, so I'm doing a great job. Good job. Thanks. All right. So at the end of the first year, can we can we make this quick? We'll make it yeah. one. We'll make one it minute one minute or less. Okay. One minute or less. Okay. Yeah. So we went to Six Flags, 
It was awesome. You had the giant corn dog. Giant, enormous corn dog. It was fantastic. It was great. We had Chinese food on the floor. That was awesome. Oh, I love the Chinese food. And um, we didn't talk about you being the strongest man on earth. That, that wasn't... Yeah? Oh. Yeah, it was. All right, we'll have to recap the strongest man on earth. I was doing the brakes on my car. The jack crumbled and the car fell on me. And I, I was in ER. Grand Rapids. I had to go to the ER. I was across the country. So I was in the ER in Texas. And I got gave a me phone call from some girl. They gave me morphine. And apparently the doctor had walked in and said, because my bone wasn't broken on my leg, he said, you must be the strongest man in the world. And I looked at him dead faced and said, I know. <laughs> but let's keep it short because we only have 20 seconds left. All right. Well, so the first year was messy. Very emotional and fantastic, and fantastic all at the same time. It's worth it. Keep going. Absolutely. Stick it out. Learn how to communicate. Learn how to talk to each other. The mess in me honors the mess in you. Namaste. 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 Namaste.